world. I don't think it means what you think it means. Welcome back to the Outsiders Podcast. I missed that beat. I missed that beat. Oh yeah, that beat, man. You know, uh, you know it's going down when that beat hits. Uh, man, we have been gone for a little while, but we are back. Yes, and sir. We're so excited, yes, sir, uh, to tackle some new issues and and well, some old issues, but some uh, some good issues that we can really hopefully reflect Christ in. And so, uh, I want to introduce myself. My name is Tyler, and I got my co-host and really good friend, co-partner in ministry, Neil Sandlin. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm thrilled to be back. It has been a long time, and um, I really want to take our heart check segment, which we always do at the very beginning, just to kind of check on us and how we're feeling and what yep. we're going through, and if there's anything that's been, you know, uh, weighing on us heavily when it comes to the issue of race, yeah. and um, and really, I, I just want to take this time to or life in general, yeah, just life in general. But I, I want to take this time just to say why we've had such a long break. Mm-hmm. So I think we last recorded in March, yeah, if, I'm, if I'm correct. So it has. It has been a minute since we have um, recorded anything. And really, that is due to um, something that happened in my family that was just kind of a whole um, life yeah. change. So my daughter, Eden, I have three kids. I've got a, a junior in high school named Caden. I've got a freshman in high school named Andy, and then I have a fifth grader named Eden. And at the end of her fourth grade year, um, she was complaining a lot about um, just burning when she went to the restroom. And um, so we thought maybe she had a UTI or something like that. Right, so you take her to the doctor. And so we take her to the doctor, and the doctor um, comes back with some lab work and Mm -hmm. some blood work and says, "Um, I'm going to go ahead and send you to the the emergency room. And... um, I'm sitting there, and or Jessica's there, and she calls me. I'm sitting in my office, and she says, Neil, we're, we're taking Eden to the emergency room. They think she has type 1 diabetes. And mm-hmm. I said, wait, what? Yeah. We, we, we were going thinking that, you know, we'd get an antibiotic for, you know, a urinary tract infection or, yeah, yeah. you know, something like that. And next thing we know, our daughter's been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And yeah. – you know, I I, I, kn- I grew up with somebody here in our church that had type 1 diabetes. Yeah. Um, I So I was aware of what it was and that, you know, but as far as how to take care of it yeah, yeah. and how to deal with the disease, had no clue. So we were dealing and with how the, to emotionally support oh her God. and oh, how, I, how her life all of has it. just changed out of nowhere, you know? All of it. And, and so it became this radical life shift, yeah, yeah. right? This new normal for our lives. And so coming out of the pandemic, you know, everybody's adjusting to a new normal. And then we get this bomb dropped on us that our youngest girl has type one diabetes and her body's not producing insulin. And so every time she has carbs, she's got to have insulin uh, injected into her um, or yeah. she'll die. Right. And so I, I think that's why we've had such a long break is because I have needed this break to re, just readjust my life. My, my wife also um, went back to school, yeah. and she's getting her master's in Christian counseling. So yeah. we're uh, – well, just in counseling, so we're super excited about that. Congrats, and Jess. she also went back to work. And so it's and that all started in in June. Yeah, so all these life changes. April, she got diagnosed with type one diabetes. Now we're adjusting to that new norm. And then Jessica's going back to to school and to work. Mm-hmm. So my roles kind of change. Jessica's roles change. And at the same time, our whole family is is 
wrapping our arms around Eden yeah. with this new thing. Now she's been amazing. A I champ. Mean, it, it, yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, she's been a champ, yeah. and she gives her own shots to herself. Yeah. You know, when she's at school and. Mm-hmm. She knows how to take care of herself, and we're still learning and, and all that. So I, th- I think that's why um, it just took me a long time before I was like, all right, I'm ready now to, to get back to the podcast, and I'm, I'm in my new normal now, and so I'm fitting everything back into that new normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been a six-month process, really, of yeah. just wrapping our minds around like what, what it takes. You know, you're out to eat. She orders her food. It's yeah. not like, okay, let's just eat. It's... Okay, let's punch into our phones and apps how many carbs are in a small fry, how many carbs are <laughs> yeah. in a chicken sandwich. Okay, mm-hmm. it's 84. Now we got to divide that by a certain number because yeah. that's what she needs. And then we got to give her a shot. Then you got to wait 10, 15 minutes before she can actually eat it. And it's yeah. just all these things that um, we were adjusting to. And then on top of that, adjusting to, to just the normal changes in life. And so, yeah. Um, but you guys have done a great job. Of Thanks, it, bro. I'm, I really I'm appreciate really, that. Yeah, I'm and really it's, impressed. And it's been a wonderful testimony to the Lord. It's been yeah. a wonderful testimony. There's a there's another girl um, in first grade at um, Eden School that um, now doesn't feel alone. Doesn't mm-hmm. feel like she's the only one. Yeah. And um, so that's been a huge blessing. Um, and Eden's such a great personality for that. Like she's, I mean, she was just conditioned. It yeah. seems like God just, you know. So when we were in, we were in the hospital room, you know, if you, if you know my youngest daughter, I mean, she's just crazy. I mean, yeah. she's just a go-getter. She's right. funny. She just enjoys. March the beat of her own drum. Oh my goodness. She just enjoys life. And we had, J- Jessica said she had this moment. I was asleep. Um, Eden was asleep and Jessica was awake and we were at the hospital and we were only at the hospital for like a day and a half because she, she wasn't sick with it. Right. So a lot of times you go in and you're in this condition called DKA and, um, and you, you're really, really sick with it and you got to stay in there till you get better. Well, we praise the Lord. She wasn't sick. So we were out of there in a day and a half, but that first night Jessica was just praying and, and seeking the Lord. And she just said, the Lord just impressed upon her heart and, and just said, I made her for this, man. And, um, and so that was a moment where we were like, okay, Lord, yeah. like you, you're going to give her that, everything right? like she yeah. needs. Absolutely. Um, and, and you've built her before the mm-hmm. diagnosis to be ready for it. But yeah. anyway, enough of all that. I just wanted yeah. you guys to know that that's why we have taken a long break, but we really feel like it's time to get back on it. So we are back and uh, we're stoked about it. We're so excited. We're to be wide awake back. and ready to go. Yeah, we actually said the last <laughs> podcast on the last season. We actually said, uh, "All right, in two weeks, we're going to deal with the topic of being woke." And uh, we didn't know two weeks was going to turn into six months. But <laughs> um, in, in the beginning of season three, now that we're in, we are going to talk about what it means to be woke and should Christians be woke. That's what we're going to talk about today on this episode. All right, so we're going to talk woke. Let's talk woke. I keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. That's right. Shout out to Princess Bride. That's one of my favorite books and movies of all time. Yeah. I love, yeah. love, love it. You keep using that word, but I don't think it means what it means. Do you remember the word that... Uh, oh, inconceivable. That, yeah, that Vin- Vincini was using. Yeah, yeah. Inconceivable. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is... He was actually using that word correctly. That's what's hilarious in that book and movie. He was using the word right. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess he, I've never really yep. thought about that. He was actually, every, every time something would happen yeah. that 
that he couldn't conceive. That he couldn't understand. He would yeah. say, that's inconceivable. And then finally, because he says it so much, he's like, you keep using that word, but I don't I think, don't, you, I don't think but you know what it means. he actually was using it right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. Uh, Anybody well, in, want a peanut? In today's society, we are not using the word woke uh, correctly. correctly. No. Yeah, not at all. Um, so I'm, you know, you guys probably know this about me if you listen to the podcast at all. I'm a big word guy. Right. I rap. I do all types of things with words. And uh, I am always defining words on here mm-hmm. uh, because I think that words matter. I think right. definitions of words matter. Absolutely. And I believe that if you want to use certain words to persuade or win someone over, right. uh, you should probably know what they mean. Yeah. Or, right? you're, or you're just sowing confusion. Or, exactly. Yeah. And, and the word woke in the phrase stay woke was first used in the 1940s. Mm. And its original meaning was, guys, get this. To wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Not term, that hard. Uh, not that hard. Yeah. I mean, it ultimately meant just to be aware, right? right. And, and the context it was used in the beginnings were social justice, which, you know, social justice is another term that has been kind of hijacked to mean something different. Right. Um, and, and even, you know, even mentally woke. Right. Right. Like after the civil rights era, it, it, it also stood for. Um, you know, not going back to the old ways yeah. mentally. Yeah, that just and, because just because slavery had ended, and just because the civil rights movement um, was accomplishing things, don't don't fall back into mental slavery again, right? Like, right. make sure that we keep thinking properly and pushing toward right things. Don't be naive. Yes, and and not get wrapped up in thinking, you know, hey, we're good. Let's not. We don't have to, you know, keep thinking hard and keep pushing because you know, hey, we. Civil rights era, we're done. We figured it out. Right. You know, don't do that. So, yeah, wokeness was originally associated with black Americans fighting racism, uh, which is why in the 1960s and the civil rights era, it was so widely used. Yeah. Uh, Now, after 2015, the word made a comeback because it got associated with the Black Lives Matter movement. What's crazy is, so, I mean, so I was born in 78. Mm -hmm. I never heard the word woke. Now, and again, I'm running in primarily white areas, you know, I mean, I got black friends and all that, but you know, my family's obviously all white and all that. So, um, the first time that I remembered hearing the word woke was in childish Gambino's song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Redbone. Yeah. That was the, and, and I heard, I was like, yeah, you know, what, what does he mean by that? I think Erica Badu had one too. Did she? Yeah. Yeah, and and that was so the first time I heard it was you know, but it was music, it, right? It wasn't like you know, yeah, cultural. You, you didn't hear it, yeah, you didn't hear it on shows. You didn't hear it. Definitely didn't hear it in the media, yeah, and that kind of thing. And um, and so that was my like first introduction to the term, yeah. And then it caused me to like listen to the song, like okay, what's he saying, right? And where did this come from? What did this mean? Mm-hmm. And so going into like you said, going into 2015, when all of a sudden the word makes this huge comeback, yeah, um. That was the way I understood the word. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is, yeah. you know, this has been used for a long time. Right. Yep. And, and, and so um, that, you know, that might be because of the Black Lives Matter movement and, and all why the controversy back. with that. It, it is why it came back, but it's also might be why it got misused later on. Oh, right. right? Because yeah. of people's bias towards that and, and not, right. not liking the way that movement was run. Right. So, uh, so you're saying like, so the Black Lives Matter movement started the the term woke got popular again. Yeah. But then because of the divisiveness of the 
not really the movement, but of the organization. Yeah, we did a whole podcast on, yeah. on kind of where we disagree with right. with uh, Black Lives Matter, the the movement and the the organization right. or whatever else. Even though we know that the phrase Black Lives Matter is a no brainer. So what? It's, so I just want to make sure I'm clear on what you're saying because I yeah. think this is really important. Absolutely. So you're saying where where the term woke went awry? Yeah. Right when it started being getting pushback right. was because of the divisiveness that we saw around the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, so then it started getting used in a negative light to attack BLM. Right. Is that what you're saying? That's, that's where I saw it. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah my, and that that's makes total opinion. sense. That makes is my opinion sense. that that is kind of what happened. Because that's definitely when it came back, yeah. for sure. Right. So if you trace the source, you know, that kind of goes back to it. So, um, but again, if, you know, if you guys are confused on where we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement, then please, you know, listen to... We've been on the record. ...that, but we are, yeah, it's, it's documented. We have receipts. <laughs> um, now, uh, I'm pretty convinced that if most people who listen to this podcast especially, uh, you know, heard civil rights, it, or like heard Stay Woke back in the civil rights era... They probably would not have a problem with it. Yeah. It wouldn't be very problematic, right? Yeah, they'd under. Yeah, it's they like, would, well, they'd yeah. understand. I mean, of course they. Like, need we to, got issues, yeah, like, and we need to be aware of those issues. Yeah, absolutely. So I think most of us would agree uh, that there was a lot of injustice in those days, yeah. and we'd hopefully stand united in fighting those injustices. Right. Um, today's different, though. Oh boy, man! There's a lot of corruption on both sides, and, and people naturally assume the worst of each other, mm-hmm. like always. What was once a healthy skepticism has seemed to develop and, and now become like a disdain and then hatred for each other mm-hmm. and um, ultimately demonizing. Yeah. And I use that word for a purpose because demons are evil. And I think that when yeah. you demonize somebody, you're calling them evil. You're yeah. making them out to be evil. Yeah. And they are the main problem. Not mistaken. Right. Not 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 ill informed. Not ill informed. Yes. Evil. Right. They know what they're doing, and they're doing it on purpose to try to destroy people's lives. Yeah. And once you view someone like that, they it's no longer us for them. It becomes us against them because they because you're good and they're evil. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So when you, when you don't respect someone or or literally view them as evil. Or, or trying to destroy the country, which is kind of where mm-hmm. we're at now, yeah. right? Like both, it's like si- both they sides. hate America, and they want to destroy America, or they want to make America, yeah, communist, or they want to, you know, like they just they have no good in them, right? Both uh, sides, both of the extremes, exactly. On both sides, think the other side is literally evil. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's go back to the word woke. The the word I said it's been hijacked. And now it's even a catchphrase, like a catch-all phrase for leftist ideology in right, general. Right, and and it's my opinion, Tyler, that that was not done organically. Yeah. In other words, I don't think, in, in my opinion, I don't think that the the term "woke" became this catch-all, mm. um, accidentally. 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 That's a new word. We haven't had a new word in, in <laughs> Always long have time. New words. <laughs> I, I don't think it happened by accident. Right. I don't think it happened, um, as I said, organically or yeah. naturally. Right. I think that there is there was strategy behind yeah. no, I agree with grabbing you that. that word mm. and using that word in a negative light when it has been nothing but positive yeah. for all of these years. Yeah. And then 
twisting it and turning it into a negative thing and really a rallying cry to attack somebody. Yeah, they kind of diffuse the word and the power behind it. Yeah. So it does seem like it was kind of calculated. Yeah, I think it was. And, And what's so interesting to me is that is not the first time that mainstream white America has done that with words that black people use. Yeah. Right. And so, um, one of the things that, that I think uh, that, that I think black people can view this as a racist issue Mm -hmm. is because you took a word that we were using, that we rally around, that we could motivate each other by. And you have now taken that word, given it a different definition and now demonized people who view it. Well, what does that say about the black people today who say, well, I want to be woke. I I want to be woke. Like my father was woke and like my grandfather was woke and like my, my great grandfather was woke. And now you're telling me if I'm woke, I'm evil. Mm. And so think about what that does and that's and and so that's I think I said at the last episode I think I said sometimes you know using that word can be racist yeah, yeah. and I actually had people ask me they were like and I'm like well we're doing an episode on it but they're like well no tell me tell me what you mean if you say you know that's what I mean by that right yeah. is that you're snatching a word that's being used for good yeah. you've now turned it into something that it's not and then told the people who have mainly been using it if you keep using it you're evil, evil. for using it mm. and like. No, you stole this word from me, yeah. changed the meaning up, and now you're calling me evil if I use it. That's where I mean that the, the, there's an there's a element to it that can become racist. Absolutely. I'm not saying everyone that says that is racist, but yeah, there's yeah. an element that can be used. And so I think all this was real strategic, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I think and it's, and it's even strategic. kind of become a joke, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. almost like a, a – I mean – you just kind of see it as like, oh, if they're woke, then yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, like, SNL. SNL did a Saturday Night Live for people that don't listen, uh, watch. Um, they did a whole like parody song uh-huh. about being woke. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, now it now it's this running joke. Like it's and, they, it, and for the most part, they're kind of left leaning, right? Yeah. So so yeah, even they are kind of well, they've just recognized the, the idea of. Yeah, they've recognized the that the, power. the word has lost all of its yeah. real power and meaning. Yeah. And and it can no longer be a rallying cry for black right. people. Well, because That's been taken from them. Yeah, and now it kind of means that you're pretentious or you're insincere of, of you know, like you care more about the... You, Right. You put on a face to care more about problems in society that you really don't care about. Yeah. And so then, you know, you, you weaponize that and, and that's yeah. where I think the issue is. And so, or that you're, or you're just a liberal who, um, wants, you know, policies that are going to ruin kids yeah. and policies that are going to ruin America. Yeah. And <laughs> right. the majority of black people are like, we just don't uh, want racism. <laughs> like we, we literally were using that word yeah. to rally around and to make, to keep each other accountable, black yeah. people accountable to racism in the nation. And, and we want to be aware of any racism that could potentially still be lingering yes, or still have any kind of like, yeah. uh, like it's, so <laughs> we can't even use that word anymore now. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, where I get ticked off. You know what I mean? Cause I'm yeah. like, you, you took it from the black community. You've given it a different definition. And now you basically say, if black people use it, then you're for all the, you're for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Like you're, right. you're for all of these policies. 
And and I didn't mean that like LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah, no, like no, I wasn't I saying that. I'm just like you're you're for all of these policies right. that are bad for the country. Right. And black people mm-hmm. are like, that's not what yeah. we mean by it. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's a shame. And I mean, bro, can you imagine being a black man post civil rights era, and and you're deeply scarred by all the things you've seen, by all the trauma that you faced. And then you get to just magically time travel to 2022. Mm-hmm. You turn on the TV, and and someone like a governor, who got really newly elected, uh, says his state is where woke goes to die. Right. And people cheering. Yeah. Like, I I just can't. Like, I thought about that whenever I when I heard that on the news, I thought about like. Because, I mean, bro, there, there's still people out there. Like, they're still, they're still alive. And they have That kids. went through the civil that rights went era. through the civil rights era. Yes. Like, there's still yeah. people alive today. And, and the, those kids have kids. And so that we have grandpick kids who have heard about different traumas. Plus, they face their own things and, right. and maybe their own racism that they have faced. Right. And, and then you hear that being woke is a bad thing. Yeah. Then you hear, or, or it's a silly thing. Right. Or it's, it's so, yeah. you know, or a dangerous thing or an or evil thing. thing. And what's interesting to me about that is, is that I don't think most people in America have any clue about the origin of this word. Hmm. Because like yeah. I said, the first time, no, I, I the agree. first time that it yeah. popped up into my consciousness was when I heard childish Gambino yeah. say it. And then I'm like, you know, and of course, if he hadn't put it to like a, a cool melody, I may have not have cared. But it, right. you know, stay well, bow, yeah. <laughs> and it just it caught my attention. And so, I, I think most people probably think that that the term woke has only been around for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Like they they, they legit think this is the only this is, and they'd have no idea about the history of where this word has been used yeah. and what that means. For, yeah, like if somebody could time travel to 2022 who was using that word in the 60s, and now they're like, whoa. They're like, whoa, you're saying that wokeness is going to die? So this still you know, hasn't gotten better. All these years later, you know, and it, it still hasn't gotten better. You know, and, and again, I can't judge any individual um, politician or any individual right. uh, person, you know, media pundit, because I don't know each individual's heart. Yeah. But I, I certainly know either intentionally or not intentionally, the word has become weaponized. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think in that's a way our, that I don't think is good. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think that's why people can think that we are uncaring or, or we, I say, I say as a country are uncaring and unfeeling and, and, you know, yeah. don't care about the plight of others and things like that. Um, you know, based off that. So I, yeah, I, yeah, mean, it's, I, I mean, simply asking the question, how do my words affect other people? Mm. And, and, and it's interesting, and, and we're not going into, I mean, we're about to go to the biblical segment, and we're not there yet, but as Christians, it is so easy, well, as Americans, it's so easy to say, well, I don't care about my, how my words affect your feelings. Yeah. Right? Right. Just stop being weak-minded, right? Stop right. being a snowflake. Stop being right. my words. But we all know that we don't like it when words are used to attack us yeah. or dismiss us. Right. And so our words have meaning and those words impact people. So asking yourself before I w- before I get up 
in front of these people and use the term woke in a negative light Mm -hmm. to dismiss policies that honestly you and I would want to want to dismiss. Right. Right. Like there's some policies that get rolled up in there that we would want to dismiss, but, but Mm -hmm. not even questioning whether I should use this language and what it would mean to a huge segment of the population. And that's, that's why our words matter. And that's why the way that we speak about people matter and why we should know what we're talking about before we talk about it matters because it's going to have an effect on people. Yeah. Our words have an effect on people. And especially if you're a Christian, it, it affects the way people view Jesus. Yeah. If you're, you know, waving the banner of Christ around. Right. It matters. That, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you, the, you can't say, well, my political allegiance needs me to talk this way yeah. in order to... Oh, uh, I've heard that. ...to win. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Um but as Christians, we're held to a higher standard yeah. than what anybody else, what, how everybody else is using the language, what, what, what other um, definitions they try to give it. Right. Like for Christians, we have to be better than that. Yeah. And we have to say, what do these words mean? How have they been used? And should I use them or not? And if I do, what impact is that going to have on people? And as Christians, we should care about that. Absolutely. We should really care about that. And that kind of opens us up to move into a bigger discussion um, on biblical awareness and um, whether or not we should be woke or not as Christians. In this biblical segment, I'm going to rely heavily on a man named Pastor Eric Mason. Um, he was one of Love the... Love me some Mason. Yes, he was one of the first, um, and this is unfortunate on my part, but he was one of the first black preachers that I really started reading his stuff. Mm. Um, of course, that has opened the door to a lot of his suggestions about reading past yeah. you know, black Christians and, yeah. and all that. But he, he wrote a book called woke church. Mm-hmm. And again, this was before the term had taken. So this was and, before 2015 when it, re, when it kind or of, or right re- around the time. Okay. Right around the time. Yeah. Right. When, um, people started using the term woke yeah. around the, the new civil rights movement that was kind of happening in yeah, yeah. 14, 15. Right. And, and so we wrote this book to say, listen, we should be, the church should be woke. Yeah. And that was before um, it was taken and changed and, you know, used the way that we just talked about it being used. Mm. And he wrote a book called Woke Church. And in this book, he talks about the biblical understanding of awareness. And so that's what I want to talk about for the next few minutes is the biblical understanding of awareness. Now, over the last two seasons and throughout the history of the church, we have seen that the United States, for many white Christians, they have been asleep to the hotbed issues and tensions that overflow in our communities and continue to be a threat today. Right. Um, it's, you know, we've been asleep at the wheel, right? We've <laughs> been. Um, we've been asleep when all this mm-hmm. stuff has been going on. Right. But what's crazy is, is that scripture says that can't be the, the case for Christians. Right. So we can, and we've, we've documented this on our podcast. We have seen white Christianity and its failings yeah. when it comes to racism in the United States of America. Absolutely. Huge. And 
But scripture makes it very clear we never should have been that way. Right. That Christians are to be awake to what is happening in the world, Amen. whether it is evil, whether it is good, in order that we can love people as Jesus does. Mm. So in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes this. The Apostle Paul says, But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Mm. For what makes everything visible is light. Therefore, it is said, Get up, sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's interesting when he says, but when anything is exposed to the light, that yeah. word exposed means to rebuke, refute, show one's fault, or convince someone of fault. one's fault. Yeah. So it seems that Paul is saying the gospel of Jesus Christ strengthens Christians through the Spirit of God mm. to see things going on in society that other people don't see. Mm. Historically, that has been the case, yeah. right? I mean, e even in the Old Testament, um, you had men who could, they were, they were called men who would see the issues of their day rightly mm. and then call the nation of Israel to see them rightly. Christians have been called through the gospel, through the spirit of God, to see things in society that others don't see. And we're called as people of God to wake up and shine a light on them. Yeah. Right? To, to the areas that are in the dark to be lit up. Yeah. To expose them. Um, and as you laid out, Tyler, you know, the term woke that has been, as you said, used since the 40s. Yep. Um, meant not to be naive, um, to not be in mental slavery, to, to not be um, asleep. But I think we as Christians could just add to that definition a little bit, um, redeem it, mm. so to speak, yeah. to mean awakened from deadness, darkness, and sinful thinking. Man. So we as Christians are to be awake. Yeah. We are to shine the light of the gospel yeah. in areas that are dark, right. in areas that are dead, and in areas that are sinful. Yeah. And if the church, the, the, if, the, if the predominantly white Christians would have done that, we never would have had slavery in this country. Mm. We never would have had to have uh, segregation in this country. We wouldn't need the civil rights movement in this country because all along, Christians would have been shining the gospel light on these dark, dead, sinful areas. Yeah. So we as Christians should have been doing this all along and historically have done this in a lot of different areas. We just have this glaring spot of, of race where we kind of failed in this country. Yeah. Um, a, a similar term of this could be you know, consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So um, having this proper consciousness to the reality of what's happening, yeah. right? To see things for what they really are and to not, um, to not be fooled by the darkness and deadness, yeah. right? Which, you know, I always kind of relate to hip-hop, conscious hip-hop. Right. That's what that is. It's, it's to shine light on all yeah. the things that they were going through and, and like, hey, let me, let me show you where the system's flawed or whatever right. else. Where um, we're struggling, prop, you know, and how do we need to, to fix this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's this. It's so being this, conscious of deadness, darkness, and sinful thinking. That's, yeah, and, and and here's what's here's what what the devil does with 
He makes dead things look like life. Yeah. He makes um, things that are dark look like light. Mm. And he thinks he makes things look that are sinful look like good. Yeah, yeah. So if we're just looking at a surface level, there are things that are, we look at them and we think it's good, it's light, it's alive, mm. and we see it and we think there's no problem with it. We as Christians are supposed to say, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know this looks good, yeah. but when you shine the gospel on it, yeah, there's darkness. It's, it's evil. When you it's shine dead. the gospel on, on it, it's dark. When you shine the gospel on it, it's dead. Yeah. And that's what we've been called to do all along. Mm-hmm. And so it's to have this consciousness to see things for, for as they are. Um, W.E. Du Bois, he spoke of a, of a kind of double consciousness that black people have to have. Mm-hmm. In the United States, there black people have two consciousness, right? One is seeing themselves for who they truly are, right? right? So a black person seeing themselves as who they really are. Yeah, yeah. But then being keenly aware of how others perceive them, others yeah. see them, especially white people. It, yeah, and yeah. and having to carry those two things with them all the time. Yeah. So you've got the way that I see myself Mm -hmm. and then the way that I think other people see me. Yeah. And um, you and I both know from having, you know, uh, black friends that this double consciousness is around today. Oh, yeah. Where. Oh, it's even voices, man. Like, it's it's like job interview voice and, and all that stuff. And they feel like they have to. They can't be themselves, so they have to put on this this white sounding <laughs> voice yeah. in order to have a chance at a job. I mean, even I'm, even the way that they laugh at jokes. Oh yeah, the way that they dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 what we what I mean by all this is that worship when watch when, movies the way they all worship that stuff. yes like, when they feel safe when black people feel like they're in a safe space, their safety comes from not having to worry about the other perspective, right? So they're like, they're just, they know that everybody in here sees me for who I really am and loves me for who I really am and doesn't perceive me wrongly. And they're free. But most of the time in their life, they're keenly aware that there's going to be a lot of situations where I can't be that because of the way these people perceive me. So they carry this double consciousness with them everywhere they go. Um, he calls it, uh, they're aware of their Tunis. Mm. And, and, and listen to this quote. He said, the, the, the Tunis is this, an American, a Negro, mm. two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one black body. Man. So I, th- I don't think there's any Christian in America who shouldn't be aware of those two consciousnesses, right? right. And, and, and shouldn't be aware that there's a black perspective and a white perspective yeah. to things. And we would love to say that doesn't exist. Right. But in reality, yeah, it does. my heart, it does. You, you may be sitting here listening to this saying, well, we, we should just not talk about race so much, you know, and, and, you know, it may just go away. But the reality is we live in a situation, in a culture where that, where there are two perspectives on a lot of things. One reason how I know this, even in the Christian church, is because over 80% of black people vote one way and 80% of of, uh, Christian black people Mm -hmm. vote one way and 80% of white Christians vote another way. Mm. Yeah. We've got two different perspectives on this. Right, yeah. 
Um, what I want to do is I, I think it's proper to add a third perspective mm. that helps us with those two perspectives, right? Because this is what we've been trying to do all along in our podcast. We've been trying to do this all along. Yep. This is how black people see this issue. This is how white, white people, people see, see this it. issue. This what does it. the gospel say? And right. that's the third element of yep. this consciousness that Dr. Mason says we've got to bring out. We, we've got to be rooted in a Christ consciousness. Mm. So when Christians speak about being awake or about being awakened or about being woke. You can't leave out the element of Christ. What does the gospel say about this? That's what it means to be aware. It's acknowledging that truth exists. God gives us the truth. We have to be accountable to that truth and be active in pursuing that truth. And we have said on this podcast, Tyler, time and time and time again. For three years now. Yeah, going on three years. The gospel is big enough for all of this. Oh, yeah. The gospel is big enough. The gospel and its fruit is Mm. big enough for all of this. Yeah. So we've got the black perspective, Mm. the white perspective, and then the Christ consciousness Mm. that helps us navigate this wokeness helps us navigate this awareness. When people say be woke, they're saying we need to be aware of the white perspective and aware of the black perspective. That that's that was how the term was used. And don't get caught up in trying to make yourself fit into the white perspective. Right. Right. Um, but as Christians, we add that Christ yeah. perspective to it. Yeah. And so I don't think. Christians have to reject wokeness. Mm. Yeah. And in fact, I would argue that whether it was meaning to or not, the original movement of wokeness um, had the roots of Christianity in it. Right. I I mean, if you want to go back and look at the civil rights movement, the civil rights movement, as we have again documented with this podcast, Mm -hmm. was grounded in Christianity. Right. Was grounded in it. It was, it was huge part of it. So we don't have to reject wokeness. What we've got to do is we've got to understand because what happens is when you reject wokeness, what ends up happening? You reject justice efforts. You, um, you refuse to join in, in efforts that you should be joining in too. Mm -hmm. And so rather than rejecting wokeness and social justice outright, shouldn't Christians be joining others in social justice movements, mm-hmm. bringing gospel solutions to the table. Yeah. So, I, so taking the the black perspective, taking the white perspective, and letting the gospel inform both of them. Yes. Uniting them together. Yes. The gospel is that that connection that mm-hmm. can. Um, but if we just remove ourselves from it, then right. the people with the gospel can't help. You know, can't be a part of the solution. And, and when I mean bring um, our perspective to it, I'm not talking about your particular political party's perspective. Right. Like, I'm literally talking about the, the ones that reflect the actual character and teachings of Jesus Christ. Mm, mm. Um, something that we desperately need today in our society. Oh, yeah. Again. How divided we are. We, we are a, as divided in this nation as we've ever been before. Last night, we're recording this on Wednesday, last night, was the midterm elections. Mm-hmm. 
um, of 2022. And what it looks like is going to happen is we are going to find out that the House and the Senate is as divided, closely divided as almost like mathematically mathematically possible. possible. Yeah. And so it reveals that we are divided as ever in this country. And so as a Christian, um, I've got to be keenly aware that just using the term Christian as a Democrat or just using the term Christian as a Republican doesn't solve anything. Mm -hmm. You have to ask ourselves, does the gospel, is the gospel fruit being produced as a remedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was listening to the radio this morning, and uh, I, I do this periodically um, to always try to get perspective. I, I listen to both right and left podcast, um, yeah, media same. outlets, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the Glenn Beck program, <laughs> mm-hmm. which uh, Glenn Beck promotes as a combination of entertainment and enlightenment, right? That's how he... <laughs> Does he? he? <laughs> yes, that's the way his, his program starts. And um, for those you know, he is a right-wing Republican media guy. Um, he is also a Mormon, yeah, a practicing Mormon. And today, um, he was reading a, I guess it, it was a sermon, basically, by George Bernard Shaw. And in it, he was basically summarizing Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And what Glenn Beck did is Glenn Beck took Romans chapter 1 and how uh, Shaw had been um, basically breaking it down, and he was using these biblical words to define what we as a nation have become and what we shouldn't be. So he was saying, we as a nation, are um, our hearts have been darkened. Um, our minds have become futile. Um, we, see, we don't see things properly. Um, and we, we call good evil and evil good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Glenn Beck, is, he's using this to say this is what we need to be as a nation, right? Okay, so this is what I talk about, but the difference between Christian and gospel, all right? Mm-hmm. So he's using this language, and this is all Christian language he's using, right? right? It's all language that on the surface I say yes and amen to. Mm-hmm. And he says, but what happens when our minds get... Um, get darkened, then we're not able to see things as we should. And we close ourselves off right. from, from the reality of seeing God as we should. Mm-hmm. He's saying all this, yeah. and I'm sitting there as an Orthodox Trinitarian Christian, mm-hmm. and I'm going, Glenn, this all applies to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Th- this is not, Romans 1 was not a commentary on politics. Right. It was a commentary on the human heart. Mm. And so here's a Muslim who rejects the, the true Orthodox gospel of Jesus Christ using Christianity as this pivotal moment on his podcast, on his radio program. And I'm sitting there going, that's not gospel fruit. Yeah. You're using Christian terms. You're using Christianity. Yeah. But those words don't mean what you think they mean. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm there, and my heart's breaking for him. Right. Because I'm like, in your effort to, to share with people on how to not be like Romans 1, you're Romans 1. Mm. Mm. Your, your mind is darkened to see the gospel of Jesus Christ as a Mormon. Yeah. 
your your heart, the things in, in your heart, are, you became futile in your thinking, thinking yeah. and you're rejecting the true biblical Orthodox Jesus Christ for something different. Mm. And my heart's breaking for him. And so that's what I mean. We, we, we're using these Christian terms. Right. But there won't be real solutions because they're not gospel oriented. Mm-hmm. So when I say bring our perspective to so you it, you literally take the power out of it. Yeah, absolutely. You take, power, you take the power out of it. Yeah. And so when I mean bring Christian solutions, I don't mean bring Christian terminology. Right. I mean bring the gospel to it. How does the gospel and its fruit relate to wokeness? Amen. And then we can get we can we can get to to the real issue there. So we don't need to shy away from being gospel awake. We don't need to shy away from a true understanding of wokeness. It's only in doing in getting in there and getting the gospel in the midst of these things that we can shed, shed light on areas of darkness in our society when it comes to race. Yeah. And, and that's what I tried to do this very morning as I'm listening to Glenn, Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's using things that look good, yeah. using words that, that look alive, mm-hmm. but his words were dead, bro. They were dead. They were dead no words. Power. Those words were dark words. And he was blind to even see it. Mm. And so Glenn, Glenn Beck can't do what I'm talking about yeah. until he comes into a real relationship with the one true living Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the one true living God. And, and so that's the difference that I mean between just bringing Christian terminology and really truly bringing the gospel, right? right? A Christ gospel-centered perspective. So you got the black perspective, the white perspective, and the gospel perspective. Informing both. Yes. And when we do that, we'll we'll truly be woke. Yeah. So Christians, be woke. Yeah. Be Christian gospel Bible woke. Yeah. And and then we can really be as Christians, we can come to to really help in this area of um of race in this country. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm I'm that was a good episode, bro. That's, yeah, I mean yeah. that was a good episode. I, I mean I ain't trying to brag on both of us, but uh, <laughs> no, that was good, man. I felt the Holy Spirit, man, absolutely. And um, and so I, I just I'm so thankful that if you're listening to this, um, that you you respect our voice enough to to listen to it, absolutely. And we need you to like, we need you to share, we need you to subscribe, do all the things that we need you to do for um, for podcasts different platforms and stuff to get it out there and uh so i'm glad to be back tyler me too man stay woke